Um, today, I'm so excited to welcome with us Dr. Shay Malone. Uh, Shay Malone uh, got her master's at Webster's University in media communications, emphasizing in public relations, um, and then received her doctorate uh, at the University of Alabama. And so, um, I, to, in an effort to make Shay feel a little bit more at home, we'll change our background to be reflective of her doctoral institution. Um, uh, she received her uh, doctor, uh, her EDD at the University of Alabama in Higher Education Administration and Policy. Um, she started her career, I believe, at Webster University as a program coordinator, um, and then moved on to be an assistant director at Vanderbilt University. And then, keeping the love for the SEC, uh, moved over to serve as the director of Multicultural Student Affairs at the University of South Carolina, uh, where she currently is. Um, today, I'm really excited to bring Shay in um, to talk a little about supervision. Um, so Shay had the opportunity <laughs> and pleasure or displeasure, as it were, of actually being my supervisor. Uh, so Shay was uh, my last boss uh, as a practitioner, um, and um, I had a really good relationship with her and felt very supported um, and thought that I learned a lot under her tutelage. Um, and so when I was putting together a conversation about supervision, I knew that I wanted to reach out to Shay uh, because I think she has a lot to offer. And so welcome Shay. Um, was I able to accurately sort of synthesize uh, your bio? Yeah, that's, that's great. I, um, I, to give you a little bit more, I have been in higher ed since I was 12. Um, I would say that. <laughs> Um, working in different parts of student affairs and admissions um, from Webster to Vanderbilt to University of South Carolina, um, have supervised grad assistants, student workers, and professional staff for several years now. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. So what is for you um, the most important thing uh, for aspirants and, and new professionals to look for in a supervisor? Um, for me, um, and everyone has their own way of supervising um, what's best for them, I would say to look for trust um, in the relationship that that supervisor is going to look out for them. Um, for aspirate people going into the field of higher ed or any field, really, um, you have to think about your own professional development. And um, your first year is a trial and error, always. Um, it is, um, I want to call it a listening tour um, for anyone who is starting a job for their first year. Um, you are there to listen, <laughs> um, but also to learn from your supervisor about landmines and different things like that, but also what you want to be in the profession as well. And I think it starts with the level of trust that your supervisor will be there for you and definitely look out for your well-being 
not only in your position, but for your own professional development as well. All right, weirdly, my dad was calling me on Facebook Messenger and I realized I had Facebook open in the background, so I had to like exit out of that. I don't know if you could hear that or not. Um, <laughs> so, really apologize. I need to start closing out browsers before starting these uh, conversations. <laughs> like, um, Probably I so, <laughs> Yeah, so we know about your browsers, right? Sorry, <laughs> history. Uh, and also, of note, we didn't plan this, but I was like, oh, I'm going to interview Shay. And so I threw on a University of South Carolina polo that I, I believe Shay gave me back in the day. And then Shay shows up uh, rocking one herself. And so, um, you know, there's that. And that's funny. Um, uh, so what are some of the things that you look for um, for when you are hiring? You've hired uh, a, a number of people. Um, so... Um, weird stories. I actually was in uh, multicultural affairs before Shay. Um, our old director left um, and we were without someone for a while and, and I had the opportunity to kind of interview Shay um, and then um, she was there um, and, and continues to be there and, and since then has brought in a number of new staff and also had to deal with a staff that existed prior. Um, I think the other assistant director was hired maybe a month before her? Yeah, started exactly a month before me, yeah. So she walked into a fully staffed office, yes, a fully staffed office uh, that she had to then kind of take uh, the steering wheel. Um, and then she had to, when people started to leave, uh, replace those folks. So what are some of the things that you look for um, out of new professionals that you were supervising? Yeah, so um, for me, it is um, being in multicultural student affairs, I am always looking for somebody not only with the passion for diversity and equity, um, but someone who actually wants to be there. Um, and you can say a lot in an interview, but if you really want to be in um, that position at that time, it definitely shows. Um, I say that often. Um, but also someone who cares for students. Um, I can teach you a lot, but I can't teach you to care. And um, for us, um, it is all about making sure that we are advocate, advocating and supporting for students. Um, so if you don't have a love for students, <laughs> I, you know, that, that don't, you don't need to be with us <laughs> in our office. So um, I think about that. But for a new professional, um, I always ask, what, what do you really want to do um, in an in interview? And people think I'm crazy if I ask for an honest answer, but that helps me understand okay, I know this is your learning time, that you're going to be in this position for maybe three to five years. You want to do multicultural, but you also may want to do student activities. You might want to do student conduct. You might want to. So I'm always looking at, okay, what can I help this person with to grow? Um, and then understand my role in helping them get to where they want to be in their next step. Um, so, and also someone who actually wants to care and understand their job, 
um, because and it's not trying to be an expert because you can never be an expert, but um, someone who cares about their job um, enough to do the job well so it can grow as well. Um, those are the things I look for. Um, I'm all about making sure whoever works supervise that I supervise and I don't necessarily always say supervise I tell everyone I do what my staff tells me to do oh please yes where was I <laughs> you always say um I do what my staff tells me yes well yeah that's that's what it is <laughs> Because I want to make sure that we work as a team and that we're all on the same page. Um, and I am there to help them. And so this is why I say I do what my staff tells me. I say that all the time and people laugh at me, but it's true. <laughs> I can uh, verify that Shay says that quite often. Um, what have been some of your... Um, uh, things you've learned the most through your experience supervising uh, staff members? Um, what I've learned the most, and I would definitely say I've, I've just had an experience with a staff member who stayed less than a year in the position as a, someone who came um, straight out of their grad program and started working at our institution and um, fit is not always about myself. It is about the person. Um, and I, I can't, I can't blame myself for fit sometimes. Um, but also my style of professional development and supervision might not work for everybody. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> I have to learn to be okay with um, not being loved um, when I make a decision that people don't like. Um, I also have to um, understand that my cup of tea is not for everyone also. Um, and that's something that I have to learn. If you care about people, you always worry um, and I do, even supervisory or not, I care about people. And sometimes you try to steer them. And I definitely I always want to steer somebody in the direction they want to go. But if you don't take <laughs> my steerage, then I can't help you and I have to let it go. Um, but that's something I have to learn about myself. I try to adapt to other people. Um, but... I have no tolerance if you can't adapt to me as well. And, and sometimes people cannot. So that's a learning curve for me. <laughs> How do you, um, can you continue to learn and grow as a professional, both as a practitioner, as an educator, but also in your role as mentoring um, young and new professionals? Um, for me, it is being mentored myself. <laughs> um, I have mentors. I have several mentors, actually, um, for every stage um, of my life. And I say my journey is my journey. It's not necessarily everyone's journey. Um, and so 
I learned from other people of how to be a good mentor. Um, and, and that's me. Like, I, oh, I, I should do it this way or I should do it that way. But also, um, how do I grow in my own professional development is finding what I want to do. Um, my professional development might not be in higher education. Um, you talked about being public policy. It's, it, you know, something that took classes in and studied in my doctorate program. Well, I might start doing more professional development in public policy because that's an area of interest of mine and that's my professional growth um, for that but I also think about professional development as being one, I have professional development for my job, but I also have professional development for myself. Because if you only do professional development for the job that you have, then you can't get on to the next part of your professional growth. So you have to branch out what you want to do in terms of your own professional development, because you're not going to be in that job forever. Um, or maybe you will, you know, but you kind of have to learn what you want um, to get out of that position in your own professional development, your own journey. So right now I am doing um, my own professional development is a lot of Title IX stuff, which the new Title IX policies need some work. Uh, <laughs> but um I am doing a certificate, uh, certificate program for Title IX right now, and um, that goes into some of the policy work um, that I want to do. Um, also, grant writing is something that I stopped doing for a long time, and I want to start getting back into some of that grant writing. And so that is looking for opportunities to do that. Um, that's not for my job but it can help my job if I can get a grant for my office. So, uh, <laughs> cause we need more money, but um, yeah, that's how I look at professional development. Um, I always say I never want to teach, but I have a subject that I want to teach and I might end up teaching it, you know? So um, that is professional growth is learning how to become faculty. Um, thanks to um, some of my mentors and in African-American studies who is begging me to teach a class. Um, I might do one very soon. <laughs> is that our friends? Yep. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that she's pushing you that way. Um, what has been uh, one of your greatest sources or what of your, sorry, what has been sort of your greatest joy around supervising professionals? Um, watching my people that I supervise surpass me. I think, um, and some people might say that's crazy, uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely love to see people going, um, going on to do greater things. And if they surpass me, I've done my job. <laughs> and I think I, you know, um, I feel fulfilled in, I feel like I've done a great job as their supervisor of planting in them that this is not, this too shall pass and you can go on and do greater things and you don't, I, I, 
I revel in people going on to be better than me. And that's how I feel. That's what my idea of success is. Um, that's wrapped up in my idea of success. Um, but I also, coming back to my team, my office, um, I call my office the Alms of Fam. It's still the Alms of Fam. Once you're part of the family, you're always going to be part of the family. And I enjoy creating spaces where everyone feels welcomed um, because you might not feel welcomed when you leave out of our doors, but once you're in the family, you always feel welcomed within the family um, because diversity work is hard. And if we can laugh and joke and probably make some jokes that's um, not great outside of our office, <laughs> Um, we can do that because we can joke about different things and, and we can say things to each other. And if, as long as I'm creating a good working environment where everybody feels like they're being productive is great to me. Cause yeah, we all grow. The other earlier on and you know, kind of thinking about it's hard, right? As you just said, the two of you are probably the only reason that I was able to get through some of those really hard times. I think the three of us are one of the best teams I've ever worked um, and, and it was uh, really a highlight of my career. Um, and, and to the point, you know, there's a saying, and I thought about this a lot um, when I was thinking about transitioning beyond OMSA, the old saying that people don't leave, lose, people don't leave jobs, they leave supervisors. Um, and I was thinking a lot about that. And I have to disagree uh, with my departure from there because I thought working for you was the bee's knees. Um, and it was something <laughs> that was really delightful. And I think that is reflective of kind of what you're talking about here, right? That, that notion of family. Um, and, and, and being able to, you know, joke and laugh. And, and in that text conversation earlier, we were kind of ribbing one another about Greek affiliations and, and recent uh, vice president picks. And, um, and so just kind of like laughing about that. It was almost as if that family feeling hadn't gone away, even though the, I don't think the three of us have had a conversation in a while, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was only because like I had a Facebook memory pop up of a picture of us that I shared out. I was like, y'all like, I miss you. Right. Um, but there was still that, like, like before Shay showed up in the text message, the other assistant director and I, or former assistant director and I were kind of like, where's Shay? Right. We were like going back into that sort of same making fun of, uh, in like almost like a big sisterly sort of way. Um, I mean, you're, you're younger than us, so not old enough to be our, our mom. Imagination, um, but yeah. So um, uh, I know that this hasn't been a super long conversation, but I think you um, dropped a number of nuggets of wisdom about what to look for in a supervisor and a space of working. Right? Um, we are problematizing and in, in, in this class, kind of the notion of fit and how fit can be weaponized against particular individuals. But knowing that you can also then in turn use that to understand if you are going to be able to mesh for use of a better term, 
or different term, uh, with your supervisor and with your colleagues and your community. And, and Shay talked a lot about trust and having that trust. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really great that worked really well with Shay and I is that we presented together a ton mm -hmm. uh, and we never practiced. Uh, <laughs> a, because we were super busy, uh, but B, like there was a trust there. Yeah. Uh, we were going to be able to like, if one of us fell flat on the face, whether that was real or through the presentation, the other person was going to be able to pick them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had, I mean, doing social justice presentations, there were some times where it was real rough. Um, I can think of several um, instances. And so finding people that you can trust with and laugh with um, and get on with is, is paramount. And, and to kind of what Shay was talking about earlier is that it doesn't work for everyone. You know, like my supervision style doesn't work for everyone. Shay's supervision style doesn't work for everyone. You've got to learn. And part of what this class is about is kind of figuring out what works for you. Uh, what, so spend some time reflecting on um, what super super what sort of supervision experience would you like to have? Is it similar to what your supervisor and your GA or practicum is, or is it more akin to what Shay offers, or is it something completely different? You need to figure out and look for that because uh, that's going to be something that you are going to be interviewing for when you start looking for jobs. Yeah, I would definitely say if your working style. I am not a micromanager. I tell people that in an interview, I'll tell you that every one-on-one -on -one <laughs> um, that we have, uh, but I ask, hey, do you need a one-on-one -on -one once a week? Do you need a one-on-one -on -one every other week? Um, for some people, because we talk a lot, I might meet with you once a month, but <laughs> um, it's how you... Yeah, <laughs> at Witwitch, right, yeah. Oh, I missed them. But um, it, is, it is how you want to be managed. And um, I'm not a micromanager. If, you're look, if you need to know task by task where you want to be or what you want to do, then you need to make sure that your supervisor is task-oriented. Um, and also understand and know how you want to be praised um, because some supervisors are not great in praise. Um, I sometimes don't feel I am too. I'm grateful and I always tell people I'm grateful for them, but I might not say great job on that presentation and, and, and different things like that, but I might show it in a different way. If you need those words of affirmation, then you have to tell people you need the words of affirmation. Um, and that's also very important because if you don't feel praised, you might not feel valued in that position as well. Um, and that's okay. Um, so I've had a number of supervisors in uh, my life and in my career, and there's reasons behind why I went and interviewed you. Um, because I thought it was a good experience. It was very developmental for me as a new to mid-ish. I was a weird person to supervise, um, I'm sure. Um, and so <laughs> putting it uh, politely, perhaps. Um, so I guess the, the stupid question I want to ask is, did you take a class on supervision? No. <laughs> I knew it was a stupid question because I'm sure that you didn't because, you know, we don't offer that in master's programs or, or doctoral programs. 
we might have a conversation in a class like we kind of are here, but sort of where did you learn your supervision and management style? Um, sometimes you learn from bad supervisors. That is true. Um, but also I think, um, I read the book, the first 90 days before, um, I came into the position, um, because I've been a supervisor before, but like Gavin said, I was walking into a fully staffed office and, um, that I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle. They might not like me and think I'm coming in a different way. Um, but I had to be authentic to myself and um, learned from that book and also reading. And um, I know sometimes human resources here at University of South Carolina, human resources does these supervision classes and every person I know that goes through that class says, this sucks. I, I will tell you, no one appreciates, nor do they like the supervision courses, but um, you have to learn from your own professional development, I think, how you would like to be a supervisor and what kind of environment you want to create, um, I think. Um, that book, The First 90 Days, gave me a lot of nuggets of how to understand who um, you're supervising, but also how to see people and organizations as not just things, but actual individuals and how you can create learning through that. So I always say listening tours are the best thing. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny, um, I didn't know that you read that before starting at Carolina. I did. I, I read that before starting at Carolina. <laughs> um, so that's that's funny to me. Um, so maybe that's, you know, two people saying that maybe you should consider this text. I think there's yeah. a new tradition out than probably the one that Shane and I read. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so last thing. Um, is if folks wanted to get in contact with you or ask you follow-up questions, is there a way that they can do that? Sure. Um, you can page me. No. Um, I am, <laughs> I will say you can always email me. Um, please do not just get discouraged if I do not email you back right away um, because sometimes the number of emails I get every day are insane. But um I will definitely, I love talking to people. Um, Gavin knows I will take time to talk to new professionals. Um, probably spend my whole day talking to people because um, I care. Uh, <laughs> I have an open door policy. So email me um, or um, call Gavin and tell, I mean, Dr. Weiser. Um, and <laughs> um, he can say, hey, Shay, call this person back. So yes, I will definitely, but I'm always open for people to call me or email me and I find time to have conversations with them. Yeah. Um, and if you see Dr. Malone <laughs> um, at a conference, um, feel free to say hey. Um, you do not have to call me Dr. Malone. <laughs> I only said it because you said it. Um, so if you see Shay at a conference, 
uh, feel free to introduce yourself. Part of uh, this is kind of helping you all to expand your own professional networks and Shay obviously won't know you um, by looking at you, but you might recognize her. And so if you see her at an ASPA or ACPA or a grant writing workshop or a Title IX workshop or wherever else you might see Shay, um, you know, feel free to reach out. Just say that you uh, were in my class um, and wanted to say hello. Um, Shay, thank you so much for your time. It has been lovely to chat with you. Um, have a, um, thank you all for sticking with us. I hope you learned something about supervision from someone that I thought um, and still think is a really wonderful supervisor. Um, yeah. And then we'll conclude there. Yeah.